The wait is over. Welcome to the 411 Podcasting Network and the return of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Larry Zonka, and I'm glad to be back, honestly. This is uh, something I talked with Ashish a lot about during my time in the hospital, and we'll talk about that a little later on in the show, and I'll give everybody a the full update and details on everything that happened there. But uh, yeah, I am glad to be back doing the podcast. Um, a lot of you may remember uh, Steve Cook and I did the 411 on wrestling on Blog Talk Radio for years. And uh, unfortunately, due to scheduling and health and a lot of things, had to stop doing it on a weekly basis. And uh, I really missed it. So we're bringing it back. We're going to try to have some fun with it, and if I can figure out all the technology and stuff, I will try to have Steve and maybe some other 411 luminaries on the show. And uh, basically, again, I'm just trying to have some fun. We're going to talk wrestling, and uh, please forgive me if uh, there are some odd delays here and there. Solo podcasting isn't always easy. I will do my best to make the show fun and fluid and basically just uh i want us all to have a good time if uh you guys have questions you know drop them in the comments section email me uh hit me up on twitter i will do my best to answer questions and uh you know i want to make the show as uh interactive as we can make it in a pre-recorded setting but uh yeah i just want to have some fun with this so uh, I thank you for listening. If you happen to be listening through iTunes or perhaps a Google Play app, uh, please leave us a five-star review. Share us around on social media. And also make sure to check out the 411 Ground and Pound Radio, our MMA show that will be on the network. And, uh, yeah, thank you for joining us, and uh, I think we'll have a good time. The main goal of today's show will be to preview Sunday's Fastlane pay-per-view, but there are a couple news notes I want to talk about. Um, the first of which is uh, Jushin Thunder Lager is going to retire January 2020 in the Tokyo Dome. And um, for me, this is going to be another hard one because Lager's one of those guys that is pretty much always been there through my fandom and um i found liger through my tape trading days and um he's not just a legend he's not just an all-time great he's one of the most influential wrestlers of all time there are so many younger wrestlers that you hear talking about studying liger tapes and just Try, yeah, idolizing him and trying to mimic him. And he's extremely influential. And he's the greatest junior heavyweight of all time. And the fact is that he's in his 50s. And he just put on a banger with Taiji Ishimori at the anniversary show. And he looked great. The story was great. The crowd was with him. It was three years since he challenged for the title which was another great match with Kushida. And 
that crowd believed that the legend had a chance. You know, and a lot of that is building up cachet over the years because he's Jushin Lager. But it's also the fact that the guy can still go. And it's amazing that not only in his 50s can he still go, but you have to remember that he's been performing at a high level for 23 years after recovering from a brain tumor. So the fact that we're in 2019 talking about Jushin Liger still being great, still churning out bangers, I mean, it's one of those things that you almost have to cherish because there's not many guys. I mean, he's from a different era. You know, it's like Flair, who, you know, in his late 40s and 50s, could still have that magic, could still have great matches. It's just guys from a different era. Today's guys aren't going to do that. And unfortunately, that kind of blends into the next topic, which is the biggest news of the week, which is Tommaso Ciampa and his neck injury. Um, I think Ciampa is a spectacular performer. But one thing I really worried about when he got signed is the fact that he could possibly be like another Nigel McGuinness in a way, to where he was so banged up and so used up from his time on the independence that he won't enjoy a full career in WWE on the main roster. Now, I'm not saying his career is over by any means, but the fact that he's dealing with a neck fusion surgery is not good. A lot of people are downplaying it. A lot of people are saying that, well, he's not going to be out that long. It's not that bad. But you have to remember, when he got injured and they did the heel turn with Gargano, and everybody thought it was just his knee, and there were rumors that he was way more injured than anybody knew. And then we found out afterwards that he had like three surgeries dealing with his knee and his shoulder and other things while he was out. All I can say is that I just hope this neck fusion surgery is going to work for him. Most importantly, I hope he has a normal life afterwards. And if it works and he can come back, that is going to be the best news possible. Because, I don't know, I'm not a medical expert. I've had my share of medical issues, but I've never had a serious neck issue like that. Again, I'm just, I'm hoping for the best. Because it's, it would be a shame if his run was over because of this. He has, there's too much to offer there. In my opinion, yeah. 
and I'm just again I'm I'm gonna hope for the best and that it's gonna work out and that if he can make it back he has a rewarding a career as possible because again I hate talking about and seeing people's careers prematurely ended it's one of the worst parts of of covering this business honestly and um yeah I just I wish Chiampa the best and I think we all should and now we're going to move on to the main event of the show today which is the WWE Fastlane pay-per-view taking place Sunday night kickoff show is Rey Mysterio versus Andrade I have no other names anymore these guys, if you haven't been watching on SmackDown, have been absolutely great lately, working very well together. Andrade really feels like he's channeling Eddie a lot of times, and I think that that's maybe why Ray is really enjoying working with him so much. Um, I have just loved their interactions, singles, tags, multi-man matches. Everything feels like gold when they're in there right now. Uh, they Their chemistry is great. Uh, I was kind of hoping they were going to hold off and maybe build to a mask versus hair match at Mania, which I suppose is still possible, but I'm not sure at this point. But uh, if they get time, if they get a nice 12 to 15 minute window, uh, potentially great kickoff match right here. Um, there's no reason it shouldn't be. Main card, we're going to go first to the Raw Tag Team Championship match. We got the Revival uh, defending against Chad Gable, Bobby Roode, as well as Ricochet and Aleister Black. Uh, Ricochet and Black have been really fun since coming to the main roster. Unfortunately, the Revival finally won the tag titles and then went on a losing streak to set up what I believe was supposed to be a four-way match, but the Chiampa injury has uh, unfortunately caused that not to happen. But this looks like a good three-way on paper. A uh, lot of talent in there. Revival's a great tag team. Rick Shane Black have been great. Chad Gable, great. Bobby Roode, a great tag team wrestler. So uh, he could probably be a really good anchor for this. Should be a lot of fun. I think the Revival are going to retain because WWE kind of likes to do those losing streak deals. And they won the titles. They started losing matches. So, of course, they're probably going to retain here on pay-per-view, which I am fine with because I think they deserve a nice long run and a chance to have some great matches And because uh, I see no problem with great wrestling. We are going to stick to the tag team ranks, uh, going to the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. The Usos rematching against Shane McMahon and The Miz. Uh, the big thing here is the Usos won, just won the titles last pay-per-view. Uh, Miz felt like he let Shane down. And now Miz's dad is going to be here because they're in Cleveland. Um, I, I don't know. It, it really does nothing for me. I like the Miz. The Usos are great. I'm, it's 2019. I'm over the Shane McMahon stunt show. I've seen it for years and years and years. I appreciate what Shane does. I respect that he's willing to go through all the shit he goes through because he doesn't have to. He has money. But I also don't need to see him playing stuntman and looking like he's going to have a heart attack and die 
four minutes into a match before going through a table. Um, I didn't think much of their first match. Not overly excited for this one. Hope the Usos retain. I see no reason to bounce the titles around. Uh, the Usos retain, hopefully, and then maybe we can set up something good for Mania. I'm just not sure what yet, considering... Well, it's probably going to be like something like the Hardys, I guess, actually, now that they're back together. But uh, unfortunately for like Sanity and the Good Brothers, they're going to stay on a milk carton and catering. Again, we're going to stick with the tag team ranks with the Women's Tag Team Championship match. Sasha and Bailey defending against Nia Jax and Tamina. Not going to lie. Doesn't look good on paper. Doesn't excite me. Not looking forward to it. Sasha and Bailey are great. Tamina is not. Nia Jax is not. And basically, I hope Sasha and Bailey have been working out extra hard at the CrossFit, strengthening their back, because they're going to be doing a lot of carrying here. I'm hoping for the best, but I mean, really, come on now. When was the last time you saw a good Tamina match that she was actively good in? Nia has had some moments. I will give her that. But I'm just, I'm over it. I am over her push. I'm over her and Tamina. Mix it up. Give me something fun. Mix in some of the SmackDown women. More importantly, mix in the NXT or NXT UK women. Give me something fun. Give me Sasha and Bailey versus Io Shirai and Kari Zane at Mania. Give me something that has a chance to be great. Give Sasha and Bailey a chance to have something that's great. They've been booked horribly for the most part for well over a year. Yes, they got the titles, and that's great, and I'm glad for them. But just, I don't have any hopes for this one. Hopefully they retain. I think it would be a mistake to switch the titles already. Sticking with the women, we have Asuka defending the SmackDown Women's title versus Mandy Rose. Um, obviously, WWE is extremely high on Mandy Rose. Uh, gorgeous young lady, in shape. Uh, the kind of woman Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn love. And let's be honest, as much as I love Asuka and as good as she is, Asuka is in her late 30s. She's not getting any younger, and there's a lot of wear and tear due to the style she's worked. So it's not surprising that they're going to start using people like Mandy Rose and maybe Lacey Evans and start pushing them more. I still think Oscar has a ton to offer personally, but it's just one of those things that I'm trying to think in WWE's mindset, and you know. Kevin Dunn, that Bucky Beaver motherfucker, credit Jim Cornette, is probably looking for a way to get the old Japanese woman out of the promotion as soon as possible. Anyway, hopefully Oscar retains. Um, I have no clue what they do for Mania. Maybe a multi-woman, but um, unfortunately with WWE's 
insistence on adding Charlotte to the Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch thing, I think they really weakened the card in the fact that I think that you could have built to an Oscar versus Charlotte rematch for this year. And then you would have had the chance of having two very good to great women's singles matches at Mania. But that's just me. Speaking of Charlotte and Becky Lynch, um, this is part of the build to the Mania match with Ronda Rousey. If Becky Lynch wins the match, she gets into the Raw Women's title match at Mania, making it a triple threat with Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. Again, I don't think it needs to be a triple threat. I think that Charlotte's a, you know, it's a safeguard. They're worried about injury. They're worried about Rousey's inexperience still, even though she's exceeded expectations on many levels. Um, I think you're robbing the SmackDown side again. But um, Charlotte and Becky have had very good to great matches all year. And as long as there's not a lot of shenanigans or Ronda Rousey getting involved, there's no reason we shouldn't have another very good to great match here. Um, Obviously, unless everybody at Titan has gone insane, Becky Lynch wins the match so that she moves on to the WrestleMania allegedly main event, I guess, uh, the women's match. And um, it only makes sense because if you cut her off now, after the way everything's gone and the crowd support, that might be one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. Moving on to Trio's tag action, we have The Shield reuniting for allegedly on TV for entertainment purposes only, the last time only before Dean Ambrose moves on to greener pastures, facing Drew McIntyre, who is great, Bobby Lashley, who can be really good, and the former Constable Fuckface Baron Corbin, who is a complete waste of space on the Jinder Mahal scale. I I am just shocked that this dude is still getting TV and pay-per-view time. It would be one thing if he was just like a henchman. But you're constantly giving him mic time and TV time and wrestling time. And he's not good at all. He is no good. But obviously the big the big deal is the Shield reunion. Hopefully this one isn't cursed. Hopefully no one gets injured. Hopefully no one gets suspended. Hopefully nobody gets leukemia. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. And they can make the most out of this because it looks like it's going to last for a while. Because they're advertised for house shows. And I wasn't trying to be insensitive with a leukemia joke, but seriously, every time they've tried to do a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion in the past year or so, it's just gone horribly wrong for various reasons. So I just, I want everybody to stay safe. Uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. should win. Uh, they should uh, take out their nemesis or nemesises or whatever it is here and... um I just hope Roman doesn't get saddled with Baron Corbin at Mania. Because asking Roman Reigns to drag a good match out of Baron Corbin would be like asking him to beat leukemia for a third time. And I don't know if he has that in him. And Roman's obviously a pretty strong and resilient dude. But um, seriously, get him away from Baron Corbin.
at all costs. So, and then um, that might be the main event, but we're going to treat the WWE Championship match as the main event. The Planet's World Champion, Daniel Bryan, with his biodegradable and self-sustainable WWE Championship that looks like wood paneling off the side of a minivan, versus the returning Kevin Owens. Now, of course, we all know this was supposed to be Kofi Kingston, but Vince McMahon, playing a very meta version of himself, appeared on TV and started making last-minute changes because, as we all know, plans will change, and pulled Kofi from the match and put the returning Kevin Owens in there. Uh, KO has looked, uh, he looked good in his uh, return match on SmackDown in the tag match. Um, he looks motivated. He looks healthy. And um, hopefully they work well together and gel well and we get a great championship match. I don't think Kevin Owens wins. I think Daniel Bryan wins by hook or by crook. And possibly we could see the return of a certain Samuel Zane who has been away injured. I could see him possibly costing Kevin Owens the match. And with Owens being back as a babyface... You could flip the rules on the old feud, which they will do this forever, to where KO is the babyface and Sammy is the heel in the feud. Which is not totally disagreeable to me because those guys have awesome matches pretty much all the time. And I would have no problem with them having a great match added to Mania and feuding after that. And uh, there's a lot for them to do in the world title mix, the U.S. title mix. So you're, if Sami Zayn is coming back, it only strengthens the card. But I see Daniel Bryan retaining. Moving on to WrestleMania, where he likely defends against Kofi, at least Kofi. But with WWE's booking, I could also see it being a multi-person match. I could see it being Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. Kofi Kingston and Sami Zayn if he is returning. So that is the WWE Fastlane card, which takes place Sunday night. Should be an interesting card. There is certainly potential on the card, but there is also there's potential in a good way and there's potential in a bad way. Because I think there's a potential for some real clunkers. The women's tag, Oscar Mandy Rose. The Usos, Shane and Miz could be hit and miss as well. I don't think it will be bad necessarily, but it has a chance to be very underwhelming. So we will see what happens on Sunday night at Fastlane. So the, as I said at the beginning of the show, the podcast is back. Going to try to drop one or two a week. I'm not set on a format. I will try to have guests if I can get the technology worked out well. Please forgive any sound issues right now as I was used to using Blog Talk Radio which did everything and now I'm having to use other things and I have to get used to all this new technology. I tried to run some tests but I know this probably didn't come out perfect. I will try to keep improving this as much as possible to make it worth your time because I know there are a ton of podcasts out there and that your time is valuable. So if you've listened so far through this, I greatly appreciate it and I thank you for your time. Um, 
to close out and give a little update, I know um, a lot of people noticed I was gone for a very uh, for six to seven weeks, uh, most uh, uh, most all of January and most all of February. Um, I was on Sunday night's main event uh, radio show, and I talked to Jason Agnew about this. But for everybody that doesn't know what happened. First day of January, I had an accident with a paving stone, and I injured my left leg. And um, didn't seem bad, wrapped it up, tried to get through it. And unfortunately, as the week went on, it became infected. I made it through Wrestle Kingdom with a temperature of 102. I barely made it through Impact Homecoming, and as soon as that pay-per-view was over... I was in the car to the hospital, went to the emergency room, had all kind of tests done, and I could tell right away by the looks of the nurses and the people that were checking me out that it was going to be bad. So basically what happened is, is it wasn't like flesh-eating bacteria or anything, but the infection had eaten away part of my shin and foot. It exposed tendons and muscle. And I was told within about two hours I was at least losing my left foot. And I was trying to remain calm because worst comes to worst, I can deal without a foot. And then as the day went on and I got admitted, met with the surgeon, and they told me I was going to have my left leg amputated underneath my knee because the infection was going too far on my leg and that's how they can ensure my health and saving the leg uh... the blood infection was actually very bad it fucked with my heart um... which i had a heart attack about seven years ago some of you may remember and um... it made for a very rough go at the hospital they were very concerned i had the first surgery and everything was looking okay and then a couple of days after that surgery, the surgeon came back. They weren't happy with how I was healing, and my infection wasn't going away fast enough. And I was then informed that they were going to amputate above my left knee. So a couple of days later, I was back in surgery again. I had my left leg amputated above my left knee. The only good news about that is, is that I didn't have to worry about getting my ACL redone again because that was blown out but um, th that was the point where I started to freak out when he told me they had to take more of the leg and I just um, I went through a really rough couple of days and it was really hard because I wasn't home with my wife and kids. I barely saw them. I was in pain all the time. And I was losing part of my left leg. Which at age 41 was not something I was expecting at all. Thankfully um, I made it through that. I spent the first couple days after surgery on a pain pump which if you don't know what that is, that is the beautiful gimmick they hook up to your IV has a button and every 10 minutes you can push it and get a delivery of pain meds 
and I was on Dilaudid, which has a affectionate nickname of Hospital Heroin, and I can tell you that it's fantastic. Highly addictive, but I'm good. I did that for a couple days, got over the major pain, and then I was transferred out of the hospital to a rehab facility. And I spent about 17 days at this rehab facility. I had to learn to transfer in and out of a wheelchair. Had to do four, four and a half hours of rehab to build up my strength so that when I got home, I could take care of myself so that my right leg was strong enough to support me well enough that my arms could get me in and out of the wheelchair and stuff like that. So I spent about 17 days there. And then I finally got to come home. And it was, uh, it was rough. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna try to do the man up macho bullshit. It was just, it was rough. And I hit some low time. I, uh, the best thing that happened was coming home so that I could be with my wife and kids, which have been honestly the best medicine. And now everything is going pretty well. We've kind of shifted my responsibilities here at the site. I'm focusing on columns and reviews and now the podcast and... I'm getting pretty excited, honestly, because if all goes well next week, I should get to go ahead to start getting fit for my prosthetic leg, which I know some people may think that that's going to be a downer for me, but I'm actually very excited because I am sick of sitting in a wheelchair. I'm sick of having to wheel around my own house. I'm sick of having to go to restaurants in a wheelchair and everything. I just, I want to get back to a normal life as possible. And um, thanks to my family and friends and 411, that's been possible because, um, and the support of um, the people on Twitter, social media, it all meant a lot to me. And then when I came back and started doing the columns and reviews again, the simple fact that some of you guys told me you missed me and that my work meant something to you. It may sound silly, but you guys have no clue how much that really meant to me. And, um, I'm just glad to be back. Glad to have you guys as readers and listeners. And I hope I can keep doing you proud. So... Thank you for joining me for the return of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. Right here on the 411 Podcasting Network. 
I will try to be back soon. I will try to be back often. And I will try to be back and make it better each time. Thank you guys. Take care and I love you all.